You're listening to the Scuba Path Podcast with your host, Christian Chu. Get ready to dive in with our guests as we discover how they became a professional in the dive industry. We'll hear all about when they decided to take the plunge and follow their passion towards their goal of becoming a professional in the dive industry. Let's hear what was holding them back, how they overcame any obstacles, and what insights and advice they may have for you. The pool's open. Let's dive in and meet today's guest. Hey, this is Christian. I want to thank you for coming back to another episode of the Scuba Path Podcast. And I want to take just a quick second to thank a couple of uh, our friends, which one is going to be Audible. Audible is offering you a gift. And all you have to do is visit scubapath.com slash gift. It's awesome. Obviously, you like audio. That's why you're listening to a podcast. Well, here's a chance for you to to get free audiobooks. Yes, free audiobooks. Just go to scubapath.com slash gifts. Uh, gift, G-I-F-T, excuse me. And you will see there a banner that you can click on. You'll sign up. You're going to get a free 30-day membership with Audible, and you'll be able to pick the audiobook of your choice. So check that out uh, for a free audiobook from Audible. So thank you to Audible for that. Our other big thank you is going to be to the Dive Flag app. We've just been integrated into the Dive Flag app so that every new episode is going to pop up within the Dive Flag app under their podcast section. So big thank you to you guys. Uh, They're doing great things over there. And uh, we're going to be working closely with them soon to uh, hopefully start letting you know about more of the features that they have that exist and the new ones that will be coming. So thank you uh, guys over there at Dive Flag app. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Welcome to the show today. We've got Erica Berlin with us from Key West, Florida. She has an eco dive tour program that she does down there where you can dive with her in Key West. And uh, she does a lot of really neat educational programs so she can actually talk with you while you're underwater and point things out. So we're going to talk all about that with her and, and all about her passion and how she got started in scuba. And we'll just dive into the details and find out more. Welcome to the show, Erica. It's great to have you here with us today. Well, thank you, Christian. I'm really excited to talk to you, too. And, of course, I love talking about diving. So, uh, And my uh, particular charter is called KeyWestMarineEducationalTours.com, and that's what you were describing. I use an underwater communicator, and my divers dive with me, and I can describe to them what we're seeing as we swim. That's very neat because I think so many of us go down and and don't quite know what we're looking at. But if we had somebody with us that could kind of uh, be talking in our ears as we're seeing it, then that would certainly be an added bonus. Yeah, I don't know of anyone else who's doing this particular type of thing. So I think it's pretty unique. And actually, it was the brainchild of one of my favorite choral professors at, uh, at school where I went back to school to learn marine biology. And uh, it's really fun. I love diving with a full face mask. In fact, it took a little getting used to, but now I'm hooked. I love the huge field of vision. You know, I haven't tried it yet. I've I've looked at some at the shop here locally, and and, uh, I help out there at the shop, but I've never actually tried one in the pool. I keep meaning to, but yeah, I'd like to. Um, All right, well, let's get um, kind of a a brief overview of of, uh, how you got started in scuba and kind of what brought you to where you are now. 
Well, terrific. Um, I actually grew up in Virginia. I was a land lover, a mountain girl, until I moved to Key West 15 years ago, and then uh, just took to the ocean like uh, like I'd previously taken to the mountains, and immediately got certified. Um, bought a boat because if I waited for other people, you know, boats, I, it wasn't enough for me. Um, and, I, and it was just a sideline in the beginning. Uh, and I had a swimming pool maintenance business and a solar business. And then I said, you know what? Life's too short. This is my passion. I'm going to do it full time. And uh, at that point, I went back to our local community college, which has, uh, being in Key West, has a world-class marine biology department. And, you know, the rest is history. Here I am living the the the, the passion and um really excited. I'm a dive master now, about to become an instructor. Uh, I have a charter boat captain, and uh, uh, I'm, I've learned all the names of all the fish and uh, all the corals. I've taken coral reef biology. I mean, I just, and I'm doing this as an educator, and um, um, besides it being my passion, I feel that very strongly that, you know, we've got to step in and, and, and start preserving what we love. And so, so out of that, I, I created Marine Educational Tours. Very cool. Now, you told me earlier that you, as a, as a uh, young girl, went to the beaches for vacations and stuff. When was it that you realized that you really had this love for the ocean? Well, yeah. I mean, I, actually, I was more of a mountain girl. I loved the presence of the mountains, and we'd go to the beach occasionally and swim in the surf. It really, um, I always loved to fish, but it was freshwater. And when I came down here and, and got into the ocean, I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. My own personal theory is, is we all, as human beings, you know, climbed out of the primordial ooze, and it's, it's <laughs> like visceral you know you get in there and you just feel feel like this is where I belong and um, it really wasn't long after I moved here that uh, I asked myself Erica what makes me the happiest and I said it's being in the water so well uh, I, I think a lot of the <laughs> listeners are going to relate to that because I don't, yeah. I, I don't know anybody who scuba dives uh, that that I talk to and hang out with that that isn't completely addicted to it. I mean, that's definitely the, the worst thing about scuba diving is as soon as you get done with your last dive, it's like, when are we going next? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and um, um, more than, than um, you know, I love being a recreational diver, but learning the names of the fish and how coral reef biology and how everything works together, the intricacy has, has just opened up new doors for me um, in my experience of and pleasure of being in the water. Actually, you know, about uh, uh, eight or nine years of, of recreational diving, I actually got a little bored, you know. Really? I got a little bored. Um, and now, now, of course, I'm not happy unless I got a data sheet strapped to me and, a, and, a, and I'm down there looking in the nooks and crannies at the, into the minutia. And uh, the, it's like the more I learn, the more I see. Well, I think um, I think that's an important thing that you touch on there is that with anything in life is is having a purpose makes all the difference in the world. And so if you're just wandering aimlessly around the ocean and, and 
I mean, observing, sure, it's great. So I, trust me, I wouldn't rather, I'd, I'd rather be there than anywhere. But at, at some point, like you said, uh, you, you need more purpose. Exactly. And, and you know, it, it, one thing I want to also talk about is the, my work with the coral restoration, because all of us who've been diving in the ocean know that, you know, we've had a lot of bad news as far as where things are going with the the ecology of the ocean. And, and I want to talk about something that's really good news. And the good news is, is that we are growing Acropora. Acropora is the uh, Latin name for elkhorn and staghorn coral. They're some of the faster growing corals, branching corals, as opposed to the mounding corals, which are the, the huge boulder type corals, which are very slow growing. These branching corals are faster growing, and we have found that um, that they they reproduce both with eggs and spores, but also through fragmentation. And fragmentation means that when a piece breaks off, that piece can adhere to the, to the substrate and grow a new coral. So using that, we are cutting three to five inch pieces of this coral and hanging it with monofilament in like a, a PVC tree anchored to the bottom, and we're growing corals to be transplanted, or as we the term we use, outplanted back onto the reef. Um, and this is very, very exciting work, um, which is has gone past the experimental science stage and has has one um, viability within the scientific community. Um, and so there's a lot of activity down here and, and grants and um, uh, uh, that people are regrowing, organizations are regrowing corals. And, and, and let, me, let me clarify, we're not trying to rebuild the entire reef by regrowing them. The issue is, is that there's so few of this particular type of coral available that there, the, the existing patches of it are too far apart to have uh, a successful spawning event, which happens in the fall, where the eggs are released and they float through the water and they meet with the sperm and then they settle and regrow corals. So what we are doing is we are filling in the gaps and creating a few patches in between the existing patches and we are having successful spawning events. Um, this is really, really exciting. So. Um, and we do have a coral nursery off Key West, and I am available to uh, give tours of this nursery and talk uh, endlessly <laughs> about how exciting it is. But it's really nice to have something, some really good news about what's going on in the environment. Oh, yeah. And then you're not just you're not just talking about it. You're out there doing something, which is so cool. Super amazing. I mean, to be able to sort of create those staghorn elkhorn bridges or, or you know, to fill mm -hmm. it. I mean, that's, that's so cool that you're having success with that. And I hope that that will have a big impact. And uh, I'm sure you do as well. And everyone who's involved with that uh, or anyone who's going to go dive down there is, is going to mm -hmm. be super, mm -hmm. super excited about the work that you guys are doing to, to make it a better place. Now, if you go on to my website, which is, uh, let me give a little plug, it is keywestmarineeducationaltours.com. Now, I know that's kind of a mouthful. That's C-E-Y-W-E-S-T 
M-A-R-I-N-E-E-D-U-C-A-T-I-O-N-A-L-T-O-U-R-S.com. Let me, let me stop you right there. Um, if you go to <laughs> scubapath.com, which is a, lo- a little easier to, to remember, yeah. and, and you're already listening to the podcast, so you know the website, you know you can find out. Uh, all our show notes are going to be there. So any links and resources that we mentioned today will be on the show notes at scubapath.com. And just uh, you can do a search and, and type in Erica and uh, the, the show notes will pop right up and you'll be able to see uh, every, well, um, all that stuff there. And then and then you click on our tours, you'll see you'll see a lot of so, uh, some selections of the tours. But among those, you'll see some some pictures of the coral restoration patch, which I'm very excited about. Or you go on my uh, Facebook page uh, and uh, there also are some really neat pictures of the coral nursery. It's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, Yeah, it's super amazing. Like, I mean, it's really, really cool. And I I hope that I'll get a chance to come down there someday and do that. I, I actually had watched some videos um, about this exact process that you're describe, describing mm-hmm. uh, that someone shared with me on Facebook, I think, um, in, in some of the groups on Facebook. But so cool. I mean, it was just really, really, really neat to watch. And another thing that's really cool is if you can come down here in the time of year, which is usually the end of August, beginning of September, and do a night dive and have uh, right around the full moon, and that's when the coral spawning happens and they call it effervescence you know it's the the you shine the light um on the on the eggs floating through the water and they glow it's just remarkable uh i've been fortunate to see that once but you got to catch it just right Uh, it's pretty exciting stuff though I can imagine. So, um, so I'm looking at your website now. I'm looking at that main page. It's just a beautiful image. Is that some of the images that you were talking about there? Yes, yes. And then you click on the uh, the box uh, that says our tours, mm-hmm. and that opens up. And then you can see the individual tours, snorkel trips. I do do snorkel trips too. For those of you who aren't yet divers, um, we just choose shallower uh, areas where 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 you can see the corals uh, without having to go so deep. And so there's lots of opportunity for that, too. So you can see we've got also uh, uh, the Vandenberg is a, is a huge wreck that was recently recently being about what, five to seven years ago. Time is so strange. You know, I stood offshore when they and watched them sink that ship. And it was quite the sight. But it's a it's now got a lot of fish around it and a lot of things growing on it. It's a huge boat, the Vandenberg. You, you could do 10 dives and not see all of it. And then uh, next to that, you'll see the box where we have dive tour of the coral nursery. And you can see some of those PVC trees. They're made to look like trees. Um, and then we hang fragments of the uh, staghorn coral and they're growing. You can. I don't know if you're looking at that picture now. Yeah, but they, yeah. They're growing and branching, and um, and when they get to be, well, about the size you can see in that main picture, those are pretty close to being ready to what we call outplant. And we outplant. We take two part epoxy, underwater epoxy, 
and mix it up and we find a, a good piece of hard substrate because corals like to grow on hard bottom and chip away and scrape off any algae and any loose material and then we actually cement it in place with two-part epoxy and and it grows over the epoxy in in uh in a year's time or six months time you don't even know that epoxy was there it just grows over it and and writes itself and and turns into another beautiful patch it's quite amazing yeah i would love to uh to take part in that that would be pretty amazing um all right so okay so it's very very obvious that you are passionate about this you've you've been doing it for a while now and and you just dove head in so i did <laughs> there's there's people out there listening that that love scuba diving and they they just like you that they, they think you know i've got this other career and i can't do it and you know but our goal here is to to motivate those listeners and let them understand that it can be done you just you got to stick with it you got to uh, take the dive, uh, no pun intended, and and just dive in and, and start doing whatever you can do to to move towards those goals. And, and well, just... I've learned I'm old enough now to realize that 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 at least eighty to ninety percent of being successful in anything you choose is stick to itiveness. Yes. <laughs> stick and... to it. Don't give up. Don't be frustrated. Have your moments of frustration, but keep going because life's just too darn short. Um, and you know, those people who are lying in their deathbed, I mean, they never think about, Oh, I wish I'd gotten that, that document finished and turned into my boss or, you know, that isn't what they think about. They usually think about what they didn't do. I what? agree. I, I just wrote that down the other day that people regret a lot more what they didn't do than what they than what have they did. Done. I mean, we all make mistakes right. and, uh, um, um, and, you know, and I'm living poor now, but I, I really feel like it's going to, uh, 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 it, it, you know, anything that you put enough of yourself in is going to make it. So, yeah. um, and, uh, I'd rather live the dream now and, uh, and die feeling like I did everything that I could. Well, I think that's, uh, you're you're part of that amazing breed of people that that follow their passion and and I we certainly wish you the best of success. I know it's doing very well already and and uh, it's only going to grow because like you said, if you're putting your heart into it, uh, it you can't go wrong. So, um, so what's what's kept you motivated all this time to to keep on going? I mean, obviously it's your passion and your love for the ocean and your love for education, but do you have like a sort of a mantra or something that you live by that kind of Kind of well, I don't motivated. know. I, I think, I think uh, when I get uh, a little down and out, you know, I just get in the water, and um, so even if it's just in a swimming pool and start swimming laps and feeling the water going across my skin, it feels like velvet, you know, or mm -hmm. silk flowing through my skin, and I just go, this is where I belong, and um, or I jump in the in the ocean on my boat, and. Um, all those things that seem so troubling and so important just melt away. Um, and um, also, you know, I think me, myself, I've rebuilt myself uh, a number of times in my life. I mean, in business, you know, I've rebuilt myself. I've re um, reestablished myself, my identity enough times to know that this whole sense of, what is success and 
and what is failure, you know, it doesn't seem to be so important anymore. You know, failure is just another lesson, you know, another learning experience. And after a while, you realize you didn't really fail. You just, you just don't, you learned one more path not to go down next time, you know. It, uh, it seems so more illusory now, this whole um, success, failure, make it, not make it paradigm that we live in. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me as much anymore. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I mean, the only real failure is when you fail to get back up. I mean, every, every, every mistake is a lesson learned and, mm-hmm. and way more powerful of a lesson than, uh, you know, reading it in a book or hearing about someone else who did it. So, you know, and not that I haven't hit bottom a couple of times, but I always got back up. So, you know, there's no longer this fear that I won't get back up or that I can't get back up. So what was the what was the biggest thing that was really holding you back from just getting started and going, all right, I'm doing this, I'm doing this dive thing, I'm going for it? Was was there something or did once you decided it, look out, you were on the war path and you were getting it done? I mean, how- well, you you have to realize anytime I've made bold moves like this, it's like 50% of the people are saying, "Yes, do it, do it, do it." And 50% of the people are saying, "Oh, that's the worst mistake of your life." And you have to just kind of put on blinders and follow your own path and ignore the naysayers. Um, you know, there's a saying I had on my refrigerator for a while that was, you know, I'm not good at, at, at repeating these things verbatim. These yeah, sayings, no. But it was something like um, uh, those of you who, say it can't be done get out of the way of those of us who are doing it awesome <laughs> and uh uh you have to just just you know do your the next right thing that's another one of my when i when i feel at a crossroads and i just don't know which way to go do the there's that's another saying i go by just do the next right thing don't necessarily look way out. Oh my God, it's so overwhelming. It's out there. Just do the next right thing and then the next right thing and then the next right thing. And, uh, and, and then you create a little momentum after a while. Um, you're not just pushing uphill. So it took a lot to sell my pool business because it was, it was a good business. I was making good money, but I was, I became the person that I most hated to deal with angry, (laughs) frustrated and unhappy and, you know, but it was a bad business move, but you know, it was really good for me because you're everyone around me. (laughs) I'm no longer the grumpy drawers, you know? Well, you get tied up in that stuff that you're doing that's, that you're not passionate about and you keep doing the next thing, but it's not the next right thing. Like you, you talked about. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, that comes from within. To, it to comes from that. within. You've got to dig deep. And um, the fact that we have this wonderful college right here, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to go wrong if you're taking classes. Because even if maybe the first direction you start out on doesn't pan out, just being in that environment where people are learning, um, it's a, it's a it's a good way to open yourself up to so that you can start tapping into or searching 
deeply inside yourself for what is it you really want to do. Just being among people learning and asking questions, it kind of that in and of itself will sort of um, loosen up the, the concrete and, and get things moving. And um, it's another little trick that I, that I use when I'm trying to make a decision about what it is it really in my heart as a direction is sometimes if you pretend inside yourself like okay I'm going to decide this way or that way you choose one of them and you just live with it as if you've truly chosen it for 24 or 48 hours and see how it feels in your body you know that's the one thing that helped me with this uh diving because because uh uh this summer, I started to think, oh, I'm getting a little low on money. I need to, to, to get some more side jobs, you know. And I started to get offered work where I would have to give up some of my classes. And I stopped being able to sleep well at night and something didn't feel good in me. And I, I really thought, oh, I've got a, oh, I've got, I've got my mortgage. Oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And then I went deep inside myself and said, okay. What do I really wanted to do? And there I was with my data sheet and I was measuring corals in the coral nursery and everything felt at peace. Um, and so I said no to the work and I'm working more in the coral nursery and uh, 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 now I'm sleeping well at night again. So sometimes it, it goes against um, the, the mind, what you think is the logical right step. But uh, you can kind of feel it in your body. It's the same way as when you, I'm in the ocean where I say we, we crawled out of the primordial ooze. I mean, you feel it. You feel it. Well, I'm so, you know. so glad to hear uh, you saying that because that's definitely something that I struggle with a lot is, you know, I have another business. I, I do printing and marketing and signs and that sort of thing. And so I'm, I'm always going, you know, should I be doing this? sign job. I need to do this. I need to do that. But, you know, I really want to do this because I'm getting ready to talk to someone amazing like you and learn all about <laughs> everything that you've done and, and, and really start to feel that uh, goodness on the inside, you know, so I, I can, I can definitely relate to that. And, uh, you know, well, just come to Key West and I, and I'll show you around and, and we'll go for a couple of dives and, um, get your soul back, uh, replenished. And then when you're when you're in that state of mind, you can make better decisions. I've been to Key West once. How far is it from Key Largo? Actually, Key West is a good little bit from Key Largo. You know, before I moved here, I really didn't understand. We're actually on a 120-mile island chain all the way down to Key West being the last one. And Key Largo is the first one. Ah, so, so Key Largo another... sits. You know, another hundred miles. Um, and so we're actually closer to Cuba than we are to the mainland. But See, uh, it's an awesome drive. Have you um, heard of the Classroom Under the Sea project that Bruce Cantrell and Jessica Fain are doing? Um, is, is, that, is that the one that's got one of the Cousteau guys in it that was mission 31 but it's, oh, it's okay. very similar very uh, similar okay. situation they're doing it at the the jewels undersea lodge in key largo okay and okay they're staying uh, down there for 72 days and they're going to yeah. be broadcasting live to students and classrooms all over the world really really neat stuff and of course key largo this whole um reef 
a string of reef goes in front of Key Largo too. It's about five to seven miles offshore of the entire string of islands of the called the Florida Keys, of which Key West and Key Largo are one of them. So there's some gorgeous stuff in Key Largo too. I may I may go down there sometime between October and December while they're staying there to dive down there and see them for a day. And uh, so, call me up. Yeah, maybe I'll. <laughs> so what is what is it? An, an hour? Well, a little hour and a half drive from Key Largo, probably closer to two because it's not like a super highway, right? right. You know, uh, uh, depending on. Uh, the time of day, but it's a gorgeous drive across the string of a string of islands connected by bridges going over the ocean. Just beautiful. I did that uh, drive from Wilmington, North Carolina, when I lived at the beach in probably 1994, 1995 mm-hmm. uh, with some friends. And we went all the way down to Key West. And, and uh, actually a buddy of mine was uh, getting his uh, instructor uh certification there in Fort Pierce, I think, maybe. Okay, sure. I know where Fort Pierce is. It's near it's near uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, just above, just a little north of Fort Lauderdale, which is a little above Miami. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so several buddies, we all went and stayed with him, and then we went and did the Penny Camp Park and all that. And, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that was very, very cool, beautiful. <laughs> well, anybody want to... Uh, uh, Take a look at the coral reef down here. I would just be ecstatic to take you out. I, I do small, like uh, six-pack charters, we call them down here. Six-pack, that means six six people on a boat. So they're very personal and private. And um, uh, I like to say I take you off the beaten path. Um, and and uh, there's nothing like it down here. I mean, you can't beat the weather. It's, it's really paradise, I so- have to say. So keywestmarineeducationaltours.com, we can go there. We can look up uh, the different some of the different dives that you offer um, mm-hmm. and then get an idea of exactly what those dives are going to entail. Can you give us um, – what's, what's your favorite dive out of one of these? Or I know that's a, a very difficult question. Yeah, it is. You know, I love it all. But really – I, per, I like the reef dives the best because I'm just a sucker for the corals. Um, and the corals aren't necessarily um, really, really deep because they need light to grow. They, they do have photosynthesis, and that's what gives them the color. And our, our beautiful clear water allows that. But also the corals are, are mostly uh, no deeper than 40 feet so I, 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 while I like deep diving and wrecks, I really prefer the coral, the coral reef dive. There's so, so more, we're so much to see. So we're going out on a two tank reef dive with you. What can we expect? What's the day look like? Well, we jump in the water and we see at first the usual suspects, which are the yellowtail snapper, uh, a lot of damselfish. The sergeant majors with the uh, with the vertical stripes, they'll come up to greet you. Um, the damselfish, the blue tangs, they're a schooling fish that feed off the algae that grows right on top of the reef. So they serve a really good function of keeping the reef clean. They're a, 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 sometimes a very a dark blue, sometimes a light blue, 
the, the butterfly fish are related to the damselfish, only a little smaller, and they have their little tiny uh, pointy mouths that, uh, uh, that eat between the nooks and crannies. And then, of course, many, many parrotfish. Parrotfish, uh, as the name suggests, are, have many different color variations from the stoplight parrotfish. And it's three phases uh, it, within its lifetime, the juvenile, the young adult, and what we call the terminal phase, all with very different colorations, bright blue uh, with, with a red little stripe along the mouth or the, or the red with the black dots. And they have beak-like mouths like parrots. How large do they get? They can get really big. They can get, say, oh, um, as long as 20 to 24 inches. Some of the really dark ones we call the midnight parrotfish, which are very deep, deep, dark blue. They, they especially will get quite large. And they scrape away at the corals, actually grinding up the corals uh, uh, they're actually after the algae, and then they poop out sand. So the next time you're playing on a beach, just thank the parrotfish. <laughs> <laughs> I love to tell people. <laughs> oh, and then we'll have some very snaggly toothed barracuda hanging out. You know, they look pretty menacing with their sharp, fangy teeth, but they're just curious and somewhat territorial, so they want to check you out anywhere from a foot long to four feet long. And they like to stay right next to you and just like They'll look come you in right the up. eyes. They'll just, come right yeah. up. A little unnerving, but uh, <laughs> I reassure people they're just coming in for a look-see. We get um, a, a lot of those on the, the safety stops. Uh, oh, and especially if you go deep uh, to the wreck dives, you'll see a lot of barracuda there. And maybe if we're lucky, some, some nurse sharks. Nurse sharks are actually a sucker fish that lay on the bottom mostly or they'll cruise around they're not interested in you though they mostly eat crustaceans and crabs and then there's a variety of other sharks but mostly everybody's like oh a shark a shark you know they saw jaws forget it right you're lucky if you see one and usually you might just see the end of it as it's beating it out of there because it's really more afraid of you than you are of it so you're swimming along with us and you've got the the uh, full face OTS on and mm-hmm. and uh, you're giving us the giving us all the good details like you just did as we're swimming along. Absolutely, and sometimes I see so many fish I don't know what to describe. First. <laughs> and, and I'll use the clock stuff, the face of a clock, to kind of guide. I'll say three o'clock, you know, blue tangs. Uh, uh, six o'clock or, or or nine o'clock. We've got uh, uh, trumpet fish. Trumpet fish are these very long, skinny fish that often will hover uh, uh, vertically uh, to try to blend in like a like a sea rod mm-hmm. and they'll just sort of hover there and they're maybe uh, as big around as uh, as your your wrist in a long maybe say two three feet long just hovering there trying to look like a sea rod uh, or or you'll see some of the young um uh, tangs, which are bright yellow, or what I call a pork fish, which I don't know why it's called a pork fish. It <laughs> seems like kind of a a, a a yucky name for an extremely beautiful fish. Which That's is, a grunt, right? It's in the grunt family. It is, but it doesn't look like the grunts, which are more um, 
um, elongated. The pork fish are more like a frying pan size, hmm. roundish with black and bright yellow vertical bands or stripes on it. Um, but they are in the grunt family and they hang out with the grunt, although they look more in tune with an angelfish, really, oh. in the body. Um, oh, and of course the angelfish and the, the queen, the queen of them all, the queen angelfish, which is um, bright blue, and she's got her crown on her head, which is like a circle of yellow and red right there up on the top of her head, which we call her crown. And then the, the French angelfish, and these angelfish, like the butterfly fish, mate for life. And so basically, generally, if you see one, you're going to see another because um, they pair up. And the Townsend angelfish, which is kind of a cross, it's, it's actually a hybrid that has developed um, that looks a bit like the Queen and a bit like the French. You don't see very many of those, but that's a, a hybrid that is starting to appear. And of course, this is turtle season, um, and the little baby turtles uh, that are starting to crawl out of the nests. Um, and what's wonderful about scuba diving is, is is when you're out on a boat, the turtles are very afraid of you, and you might get see one for a flash as it's diving down. But when you're in the water, they pretty much ignore you, and you can swim almost right up to them. And they'll just, you know, swimming along, diving, doing its fishing thing. It kind of ignores you, so you can really get up close and personal with the sea turtles. And that's really neat when you see them. I love seeing the sea turtles because, you know, they're a little bit endangered now. And uh, so the more I see, I know every time I see one, there's 10 or 20 that I don't see. Uh, so the more I see them, the more they're coming back. And, of course, we've got rays, lots of rays. We've got the southern stingray. Uh, and um, they're... they're um, a little smaller than the, the huge rays that uh, uh, you've often seen in the books. But we do have some of those 12-foot wide giant rays that you see in the books. And um, gosh, of course, we've got the snapper family. They're great to fish. And um, uh, we've got something that you probably aren't acquainted with called a hogfish. Yep. And the hogfish, um, you don't see many of, uh, uh, even though they're a real delicacy, because they have, the reason they're called the hogfish is they have a funny little small pointy mouth that is too small to catch it with a hook. So even though they're a wonderful delicacy, you either have to catch it in a fish trap or you have to spear fish. And that's something that is a real big sport down here is spear fishing. And so we catch the hog, we get the hogfish, we spear it, and it is some of the most delicate and delicious fish uh, you'll ever eat. But you probably, unless you live in the Florida Keys, have never heard of it. No, they're actually up here too, um, big on the wreck, oh, on the wrecks in. Oh, they off, go that far north. Yeah. Oh. Off, off the, off the coast uh, of uh, the Carolinas. Really? Oh, there's something. Well, probably more in the warm weather that we've got the Gulf Stream that whips through here and then runs right up the coast and brings a lot of the tropicals further north, especially in the warm weather. 
So you get the benefit of the Gulf Stream bringing it up to you. Yeah, and up here, if you're as you get North Carolina, as you get further up uh, North Carolina towards the Outer Banks, you're very, very close to the Gulf Stream. Um, mm. But then in southern North Carolina, you're a lot further away from it. So it kind of goes, mm-hmm. goes to that point up there. So yeah, it kind of, it kind of swings out further into the ocean. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. North Carolina does. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it sounds like you've got plenty, plenty to see down there. So if you're certified and you're planning a trip to Key West, make sure you look her up on Key West Marine Educational Tours.com. Hook up with her and get a really, really unique experience to go down there and not only, uh, see all this stuff, but to really understand a lot more about it. She's going to tell you, uh, you know, how they interact, how they mate, how they pair, pair for life and, and all those interesting things that you just heard, um, you know, point things out to you, take you and show you things that people aren't going to show you. So really, really cool. Very unique experience. I, I love that you're doing this. Uh, I love the, the ability that you're, that you have to be able to speak with them underwater. Um, and you're right. I haven't heard of other people doing that as a guided tour. Uh, so it's very cool. Well, I really appreciate it, and um, I, I, I so uh, uh, am happy to to talk further with anyone. And um, I love talking to you and getting to know you, Christian. And I hope you will look me up next time you get uh, a little footloose and fancy and want to head south. You bet. What is the best way for us to contact you if we want to get up with you? Uh, I know we've talked about your website. Do you well, want you can to... also just call me. Uh, I'll give you my phone number. Okay. Um, is that all right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's area code 305-504-3514. 305-504-3514. And that's Erica Berlin. Spell your last name because it's not yes, spelled the it, way it's... it's... Yeah, it sounds it sounds way different than it's spelled. It's B E A U R L I N E. I tell people just think of beautiful. <laughs> right. B E A U R L I N E. Yeah. <laughs> and and then I, I, that was my exact uh, initial thought, and I wanted to call you Burlene. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, <laughs> as I was growing up, I I, I heard it all, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> just don't call me late for dinner. Well, well, my name is odd, but it's very, very short and simple. My last name yeah, is... Yeah, easy to spell. Chew. So. But, um, hey, it's been great having you on here. I'm so glad we got to uh, sort of take that guided tour with you in our imaginations and, and be along with you as you sort of described all the fish and the life down there for us and, and what we can expect when we go down with you. Um, lots of cool dives. You've got, uh, I mean, all kinds of stuff, wrecks and reefs and, uh, like you said, the, the Vandenberg and the, and the nursery you, and you take people out to the nursery. Is that right? Well, I, I can show them around, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I can't have people, uh, I can't have them actually work in the nursery, right. but I, I can show them the nursery and I can describe how we do it and, uh, how it all comes together and uh it's very exciting very exciting so i'm happy to do that uh and of course you can't find that on the map it's kind of a uh uh you kind of got to just know right it's the (laughs) keeping it secret well we keep it a little secret because we don't want people disturbing right absolutely 
Um, so the other cool thing is that because you offer, offer, offer snorkeling trips and dive trips, you can bring your whole family. I've got an 11 year old and a nine year old and my wife, my wife and my 11 year old are certified, but my nine year old is not. So that's something where, you know, possibly the whole family could come. We could oh, sure. Take I'm turns. A, yeah. I've taken a lot of families out and you know, there's a lot of places to, that are shallow enough. So both divers and snorkelers can enjoy them. Um, and, and we even have a little offshore island where we can have a picnic and, and some sand. If you have a really young one, I've taken out people even with toddlers and we'll, we'll, we'll leave half the group over on a little beach and the other half will take around the other side and, and, and do a snorkel or a dive and then we'll come back and meet up. I mean, I'm pretty flexible. That's the one thing about being a private charter is, is we, can, we can pretty much tailor it to meet your needs. Awesome. Well, as we said, it's been very, very exciting to have you on the show. Um, thrilled to talk to you again next time. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Look forward to it. Have a great night. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Scuba Path Podcast. As always, you can go to scubapath.com for all of today's show notes and resources and to find out how you can connect with Christian and today's guest. Hopefully you were entertained, inspired, and found value in the show. We look forward to having you back again next time. Goodbye.